Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. It's my pleasure to welcome you to the Car Coward Show. Our mission is to serve you and empower you so you make better financial decisions in your life. I'm going to start out today with a warning about an old scam that's back again, fake parking tickets. Later, I'm going to tell you why this is the year to get a new mattress. Okay, so Better Business Bureau has put out a warning about this. We had a call about it back, gosh, I think in November, maybe sometime in the fall, that people are getting fake parking tickets. The criminals are targeting people with out-of-state tags or plates. The tickets look like one from the jurisdiction where you are. And so what people do is they get a ticket and they say, oh man, I can't believe I got this. And most people pay, just pay a parking ticket. Although you'd ask enforcement in a local government, they say, what planet am I on? Because a lot of people ignore tickets till it becomes a bigger problem later. But anyway, here's what happens. They may even have one of those bullseye things on there. They may have a web address, violations bureau that you're supposed to pay. And you're paying crooks. It's not a real ticket. So this is pretty simple one here. If you get a parking ticket, before you go through the process of paying it, even if you think you deserved it, I want you to go to the website you find on your own, better on a laptop than a phone, make sure you're at the real thing, for that community. Ignore whatever payment thing it says on that ticket. Do not use the bullseye on there to scan with your phone that'll take you to a web address supposedly to pay your violation. I want you to third party verify by doing your own primary search that you are paying an actual real legitimate ticket, which normally you'll know because at most local government collection sites for parking tickets, we'll have a thing where you can find violations by your tag or plate number. So you pop that in there and you will be able to see if there is an outstanding violation for you. And then you can click to pay it and you'll know you're at the right place that you really did owe the money for a ticket and you'll pay it. Because otherwise, you're just helping a crook. Now, the other thing that's happened is one to be very mindful of and this is one that I just heard about. I've not seen in a story, but I heard from somebody who it happened to. They went to pay. They were at a parking place where there's no meters anymore. You just go pay at a site. And there was a sign there, and you were supposed to take a picture of the bullseye, and then it would take you to the place to put in your plate or tag number and pay for the parking you're doing. And then they got a ticket. Well, it turned out a crook had put a fake bullseye on top of the real one 
on the sign. And they got burned twice. They got a ticket because they had not actually paid for the parking to the local government. And they had given money for the parking to a crook. I mean, how crazy can it get? So a lot of times in jurisdictions, there will be a payment box. So instead of paying on your phone, go to the payment box and pay it it. And then you know the money is actually going to that government. Always get the receipt, that paper receipt that prints out. So you have proof of when you paid, when you arrived, when you left. And one thing I witnessed walking our dogs recently, if the ticket writer gives you a ticket, please do not start screaming and yelling at that individual and calling them every name in the book and cursing up a storm. All they're doing is their job. You know, the community you're in charges for parking on the street. If you didn't pay or you went past time, do not yell at that individual. He or she is just trying to do their job and earn a living. Okay. Jennifer in Connecticut says, thank you and your team for all you do to keep my money in my bank account. I have a question about getting things like MRIs and CT scans done at standalone facilities. Nowadays, so many doctors are part of a hospital network, many small practices having been gobbled up by them. Usually, if a doctor orders an MRI, they say someone from the office will reach out to schedule it, and it's at their facility, a hospital. So how do we ask to get it done at a standalone? Do we leave with a paper script? Obviously, we need to tell the doctor we're shopping prices, which can feel intimidating. Okay, so Jennifer, never, ever feel intimidated. You got to understand... The game of the hospitals gobbling up all the practices is to have referrals that force all the patients in that practice into extremely overpriced diagnostics of various types and other procedures that are way overpriced in that hospital system. It's one of the things, it's really the overwhelming thing that's led to the massive rise in medical costs over the last 10 years has been the hospitals gobbling up the private doctor practices and specialty practices and then running up the costs of everything and trying to keep you in that network. Understand it's your money and do not ever feel embarrassed to say to a doctor, I'm sorry, I'm going to have to shop for this MRI or you know, whatever thing it is. And I will need a, uh, I'll need an order from you for it so I can go shop in the market. And I do that with my doctor who is not with, somehow allied, but not an employee of one of the hospitals. And so the referrals magically are always within that hospital system. And I just tell him, I'm not spending that money. I'm going free market. Recently, I, you know, I've been having some neck trouble and I had an MRI at a freestander, saved me a ton. It was so much cheaper, even paying straight cash versus what my copay would have been at the unbelievably overpriced hospital imaging center. So do not ever feel embarrassed by what's going on with the hospital systems in the country. 
We should all be embarrassed that it's been allowed to happen, but never be embarrassed that you're trying to advocate for yourself and protect your wallet. Dustin in Wisconsin says, I'm currently working on my will, and many people have mentioned that a trust is necessary to go along with the will. I've read a lot of conflicting information about tax ramifications and what not to put in your trust. Can you give any recommendations for setting up trusts, or should I even be doing it? So, Dustin, uh, trusts are one of the most misunderstood things and oversold items involving estate planning in the United States. There are situations that call for trust arrangements. They can be very appropriate in a family where people fight a lot. Because if you do a will, a will is much easier to fight about typically than a trust. They can be appropriate if you have minor children. Uh, They can be appropriate if there's someone who is special needs who is going to need ongoing care. There are um, specialized situations. From a tax standpoint, there are certain trusts that very wealthy people will use. So let's talk about how you would know whether uh, a simple will is correct or getting into trust kind of things. It would generally involve somebody who owns their own business or has a significant amount of wealth or potentially in a situation with a a blended family or um, a contentious family situation involving divorce or whatever. And the party that would be able to tell you is not any old lawyer. It needs to be a lawyer who what he or she does as what they do full-time is wills, estates, and trusts, especially people who have a net worth that you measure in millions. You only, only do estate tax planning with a lawyer that what he or she does is wills, estates, and trusts. If that's what they do, then that's who you want. But trust just is a thing. You know, there are, there are simple versions of trust. Let's say you're somebody who has a vacation home in a different state than you re- reside in. You may have a trust in that situation. Or you may have that property in an LLC. There are specialized situations that come with wealth. And that's when this becomes a key issue. John in Pennsylvania says, all stores want you to get our app. I want the benefits the apps give, but I don't want to give my personal info. There's a website that I can use to generate fake info, but I don't want to use my phone. Is there a way to use this on another device, or is there an inexpensive phone or plan I can use? Okay, so this is such an interesting question because my phone is now infested with apps for restaurants that I get discounts or get free food or whatever by using the app. What I do is a lot of the personal information they ask for, I leave blank. And most of the time, you'll be fine. I also like for you, instead of doing something as complicated as you're talking about with something that generates fake information, set up a separate email address for promotional stuff, whether it's stores that are emailing you or whatever it is where you cordon off the things that you do with commercial enterprises from your personal email and that will be a big help but when you're filling out a registration for an app 
usually they'll have like oftentimes a red asterisk and an asterisk so where it'll say it's, it's, it's a mandatory field yeah, an asterisk so when it's a mandatory field it'll be your name so just put your first initial or something like that i have a whole fake persona i use for things like that tell me i just have a different name i use if i have to fill out things and i don't want them to have my information i'm not going to say what it is but i have a name that i always thought would be a cool name to have and then I do use my phone number, but I guess you could go the extra step and get like a Google, Google voice, voice number, number because they have to usually text you and verify and you know send you the discount. So, but they want your information. That's part of the part of the whole marketing thing. Yeah. So, I mean, it's like how far down this rabbit hole do you want to go? And I think that if you want to have an alternative personality, it's kind of fun. You can do that. And then remember, only give them what's required, not what's asked for. And that will eliminate some amount of the personal intrusions. As far as getting a separate phone just for this, that seems completely unnecessary to me. Coming up, something I want you to know about, I mentioned it last year that we were in the golden time to replace your mattress in your home. We've gone even, what's beyond golden? Platinum right now? It's even more a better time to buy a mattress now. But that window is going to close maybe even before we turn to 24. I'll tell you why. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I've been on a roll talking about why mattresses are such a deal because they come rolled up now. Anyway, the industry has completely changed because we used to have a small number of players that controlled almost the entire industry. And then a small startup using a new novel method of manufacturing and shipping beds called Casper, which I think is still around, but they started a revolution and suddenly everybody decided that a mattress was now a tech company product. And I can't even tell you how many brands of mattresses there are now. And the industry is saturated with manufactured product of all shapes, sizes, and price points. But speaking of price points, mattress prices have been going down, down, down because there's just flat out too much competition. So much so that one of the giants of the industry that now accounts for 20% of mattress sales in the United States, but used to account for much higher before all these new competitors came along, has now filed for bankruptcy. And that is Certus Simmons. And I mean, a massive operator. And they're in bankruptcy. And it's because there are so many players that people can't make a buck in the mattress business. So it means with way too much supply versus demand out there, you can find real deals on mattresses. And I want you to think about what Casper did 
to change the economics of the industry. When they figured out this thing of compressing the mattress after manufacture, they attacked one of the huge cost centers of the mattress business, which was delivery of a mattress to, in those days, a mattress store, and today delivered picking up a mattress at a warehouse club, having one shipped to you by UPS or FedEx or one of the regional shippers. The whole economics of the delivery component, the shipping and delivery component of the mattress business has been forever altered. Except returning them because you can't get that thing we'll, back We'll in the get box. to that. We'll get to that. <laughs> so the traditional mattress stores, so many of them are in bankruptcy. And if you ever wanted a place for a terrorist to pick as a wrong target, it would be a mattress <laughs> store because they'd go in there and they'd, they'd set off a bomb or whatever and there'd be nobody to hit because there's never anybody in one of those stores. I mean, do you know what I'm talking about? If you've oh. driven by, you don't see anybody. It's the loneliest place to work, I would think. You never see anybody. There's like nobody. one guy in the back. Yeah, I mean, I mean, what are they doing? Do they go back and they take a nap? Because there's no customers for them to serve. So the industry is in this cycle that is so advantageous to you and me as consumers buying one, it's unreal. So if your mattress is getting long in the tooth or you hate the mattress you have, you can buy one and most of the market is these compressed ones. And what's neat is that most of the sellers provide you an unconditional right to return for a full refund for typically up to three months. Costco forever just varies by who it is. And so you try it out. And if you're like, well, that was a bad idea, then they, if they haven't gone out of business, will normally come and haul it away from you. And then they donate it to charity or whatever, depending on the laws in a state where they get the mattress. I once read a story about what a hassle it is for the mattress companies when rarely, and it's pretty rare that somebody says, I don't want this mattress and they have to come get it and how much it costs them and how much effort is involved because you take something that was in a compressed box and suddenly it's the full mattress. They got to send a crew of two people and they got to wiggle it out of whatever place and get it into the truck and take and dispose of it. The danger you face today though is with the failures with the market being with way too many providers you could buy from somebody who does go bust and their satisfaction guarantee goes bust with it. And then you're stuck with that mattress you don't want. And that's kind of like a hazard of doing business at a time that the deals are so good. And so how many products can we say have continuously gone down in price the last few years other than mattresses? All right, we'll go to questions now. Paul in Pennsylvania says, Clark, I find it very time-consuming to search online for the cheapest airfare when no travel site that I'm aware of allows you to search by a predefined travel length, such as a 10-day trip. I plan to take a trip for either 10 or 11 days. It doesn't matter when I go, anytime in the next four months. Every time I search, I must select a 10-day range of dates. Then I have to start over and repeat, selecting another 10-day range over and over again to find the cheapest price. Even Google Flights does not let you choose a range for the trip length, and Google will only search for one specific trip length at a time. There's got to be an easier way. Please help me. 
So I haven't seen one. This has been a frustration of mine. And what I do on Google in particular with Google Flights is you can pull up that fare map and it will show you based on each day of departure over showing you two months at a time what the fare is returning 10 days later. So you can, it's a pretty quick thing to click, unclick, click, unclick, but it is a manual process. This is so timely because I was doing this just yesterday for a trip we're taking that is a seven-night trip. And I was mixing and matching different days, and your eyes start to go cross-eyed as you're doing it. So I'm sorry, Paul, I know of no way for domestic travel it's easy because you can shop for any domestic fare one way. So you put in your search as a one-way search, and you'll see the fare every single day. And then you'll be able, with the return, see it every day all at once. And you'll see that combination of the 10 days that will work for you with it not having to be a specified period of time. Unfortunately, most international fares are still set round trip and you have the hassle of what you're trying to do. Okay. From Cecilia in Ohio, can you enlighten me on the Niagara Falls tax that only the restaurants charge, but the government doesn't collect the taxes from the restaurants? I recently went there with my family and found out that on my $300 food tab, I was charged almost $50 for the special restaurant tax on top of the Ontario sales tax, which comes out to an extra $90 to add to my food tab. Later, I found out that you can contest the special tax with the restaurant, and it's up to the restaurant if they want to waive it. But as a tourist, I would never know till later. Please make your listeners aware if they're planning a trip to Niagara Falls. Have you validated this? I did. I looked into this. So there have been actually news reporters who went undercover doing this like as long as seven years ago. They call it different things. Some say it's a tax. Some call it just like a fee, like a, a tourism fee and things like that. And so it's, it's a tourist trap kind three of to, thing three they're doing 5%. on the Canadian side of the border. Yes, like tons of restaurants. They went to chain restaurants you wouldn't expect this of. And hotels are doing it. And they would ask them to remove it. And they will remove it voluntarily, especially after these news reports were done. Like, But you have to ask to remove okay, it. Okay, so wait a minute. The New York side of the border, the U.S. side of the border has always been starved economically. Mm-hmm. Here you can help the United States and avoid this ripoff fee simply by eating on the U.S. side of Niagara Falls. Although I wouldn't say the U.S. side is necessarily not adding on fees and things too, as we're seeing this happen everywhere. But this has been going on in Canada for a while. I've been to both sides of the falls, and I haven't experienced this. Oh. I've been lucky. Mm-hmm. It's wow. definitely a thing. Thanks there was, for looking into it. Sure. It was really interesting. Um, Marie in Antarctica. I think Not it really. Might be our, yeah. It might be our first question from Antarctica. My issue is with long-term car rental options and insurance coverage. I'm currently working in Antarctica and will be returning to the U.S. in a couple of months. I sold my vehicle before leaving and will be returning here about seven months after I arrive back in the U.S. I would like to have a car during this time, but I don't want to deal with selling it. I've looked into a couple of options 
and um, like 60, sixth. sixth, I always say 60. Sixth. I was immediately going to talk about sixth is the option. Which doesn't have small cars available when I return in Kite, which I've never heard of, but seems to be available. Is there a recommended company for this type of long-term rental? Since I don't have a vehicle, I also do not have insurance. Is there a company that would work well for a long-term subscription without owning a vehicle? Okay, so first of all, I don't know... Six normally has smaller vehicles. Since you're going to be in the U.S. seven months, you may need to go to a different location of Sixth. Um, what they're doing is really brilliant. It is a subscription service for vehicles. Uh, Volvo is doing one as well. I'm trying to think who else of automakers are doing these. But you may be able to find a, a news article that talks about all the new car subscription services. Just so you're aware. You, you have no obligation to them. You pay an upfront fee to be in their subscription service, and you pay a monthly fee, and you can dump them after any month. And I've looked at the sixth options, and I do see, and if you're not familiar, SIXT, it's a European family-owned company, if I remember right. And they've opened more and more in the United States, and you can do the monthly thing. On the auto insurance side, you're going to need what's known as a non-auto owner's insurance policy. And these are uh, things that are sold to people who live like New York, Boston, San Francisco, cities where people may not regularly own a car but need to rent one on a regular basis. And so you need to get that. I would also suggest Turo. Because uh, there may be people who's like their kids at college and they have a car they could just rent out. For That's a-, a great suggestion. If you're not familiar with Turo, T-U-R-O, it's kind of like Airbnb for cars. And they rent cars from a day to a week to a month. And that could be a very viable alternative for you. And Marie, you may have heard me that Antarctica is the only continent I've not been to. And I won't go because I'm a wimp. If you ever want to see why I'm a wimp, look at the videos on YouTube of the waves you have to go (laughs) through when you leave the southern tip of South America and you go through whatever that pass is. I don't even normally get motion sick. The whole thought of hour after hour after hour of those extreme ocean waves, I ain't going. So I leave that one continent untouched by my presence. But I hope you enjoy your seven months as you come back to the U.S. And unfortunately, we can't get to all the questions asked every week, even from Antarctica. And if you need additional help, I want you to know we serve you 30 hours each week with free one-on-one advice and guidance from our Team Clark Consumer Action Center. And you can find out how to call in, how to ask a question, if you go to Clark.com slash CAC and have a great day.